You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access postgame show. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. I've also got my good buddy Jacob here from the Packernet podcast or Packernet fantasy podcast, I should say. Jacob, say hello to these fine folks on this uh, this victory Sunday evening. Oh, how are we doing, everybody? I, if my voice is a little hoarse, I <clears throat> I apologize. I have been screaming at the TV like a crazy man. Um, you sound exhausted, it, dude. You okay? <laughs> bro, I, it's, it's you know, <clears throat> a typical Sunday. I wake up at 5 a.m., 4.30 a.m., and then you, you look at yourself. You look at your dog, and you're like, well, what are we going to do now for, like, 12 hours? So yeah. I paced around the house, and then, you know, football started, and holy, you know what? It uh, That was a Sunday. That was a Sunday. I uh, almost had the heart attack. My voice is gone. Pretty sure I offended a lot of people in my building. So let's get it going. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, dude. Love it, man. That's, you know, I I said it immediately. That's what NFL football is all about. But guys, it is a, uh, it is a victory tonight. You know, it it wasn't pretty on offense, but at the same time, man, the defense really showed up. So let's do this. Let's just go ahead and take a second and roll out the barrel. enough of that crap let's get let's get back to the, the good stuff here now <clears throat> congratulations packer fans appreciate everybody uh, checking us out on twitter and youtube right now and uh jacob it was a fun one dude you get to roll out the barrel with the victory let me ask you what are you drinking tonight brother dude, I, went, I went cheap like i said i'm trying to stay away from beer trying not to spend too much money on that stuff so i just did some jim beam you know it's a little bit All jim right. beam all right, cool. My people would be proud. I'm going with yes. the uh, <laughs> I'm going with the Sam Adams Oktoberfest tonight. I was feeling uh, feeling a little light in the loafers. I said, you know what? Let's let's hammer some carbs tonight. Let's throw down about 200 <laughs> carbs here during the pod. So, um, so again, guys, the Packers come out with a victory here. 
um, against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, obviously down there in Tampa. I think it's a big win. They come away, you know, 14 to 12. This was one that I had chalked up as a loss, yeah. obviously with all the injuries and, and things that kind of uh, unfolded this week. Started feeling a lot better about it as it got closer <laughs> to the game. So we now go from that 12 win range, in my opinion, to 13. It's possible. Um, I think 14 still on the table, but I'm kind of seeing them finishing at about 13 wins with the way things sit right now. Um, but yeah, let's do this, Jacob. Let's just uh, let me take one quick look at the podium, make sure we're not missing anything there. And we did, um, we, we did miss a uh, they Fox cut to a clip of uh, Lafleur in the locker room addressing the team, and basically it was I, I couldn't quite hear everything, but when I got to it, it was basically him saying, "Enjoy your uh, long week. We'll see you on Wednesday." Oh, nice. So they got the day off yeah. and stuff. Yep. That's what's up. All right. We got Aaron at the podium. Let's go. Uh, let's go straight to it here, Jacob. Let me get it scrolled up here just real quick. Hold any more special value? Exercising your exercise of demons? No, I don't. I think that's kind of a little bit stretching it there. It is week three. Feels good for sure. Could be some tiebreaker stuff down the line when you beat a team like this, but it's just week three. There's, uh, you know, I think, what the Bears won and uh, Vikings won. So there's three two and one teams in the NFC North. Uh, that's that's the focus. But big win for us. Yeah, along those along those lines, um, this is a really nice win. But it's September. Do you do you take anything larger, anything more from a game like this than the W? Well, I think to look at it as a whole, you got to feel great about the defense. And that third category, the uh, we fence, as we call it, <laughs> to have Pat punt the way that he punted, and then Ford, you know, be around the ball almost every time. Yeah. Keyshawn yeah. to catch the ball on the one-yard line. Onside kick recovery. Uh, kind of a phantom that looked like uh, running to the kicker penalty. But, and to have his special teams is bare minimum breaking even. And today, I feel like we actually won the advantage. That, uh, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, if you would have said in the offseason we'd be two and one after three with these two tough road games, I'd say that's probably pretty good, you know, considering that you would expect Minnesota and, and Tampa Bay to be, you know, the top, in the top seven teams at the end of the season. So I feel good about that. Aaron, how talented I felt pretty good. I think there was definitely some guys who were uh, sweating maybe a little bit more than normal. But uh, I think they were actually pretty tired after those first two drives. We were 12 plays, I believe, and 14 plays. Uh, but I felt like our guys were pretty uh, pretty good, uh, kept our kept our wind. We just you know had too many negative yards plays and penalties in the second half. Aaron, did you have a chance to see all right, so yeah, one of the things he touched on there, Jacob, obviously special teams um, really came up big today. And, and my keys to the game there, when I was kind of game planning for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the things that that I really put down was you got to win the turnover differential and um, special teams has got to show up, you know. And, and when I say show up, I don't mean they don't, they don't have to make huge plays. They just can't lose it for you, right? And yeah. um, like special teams played great. So let's just jump right into the first quarter here, man. Um what I had charted, you know, kind of kind of logging the game as we went. Kenny Clark showed up early and often, had a huge third and one stuff, and then turned right around and got a sack on the next third down. Um, that I believe that's around the time that we lost Jair Alexander to injury. And, and when you talk about playing Tom Brady, and and I get it, they're banged up just, you know, as we are. Um, it was kind of our backup offense against their starting defense, and their backup offense against our starting defense was pretty much the story of the game. But you lose Jair, and you still hold him to 12 points. I mean, that's something else. But, again, early on, Devondre Campbell blew up a screen. Like I said, Kenny Clark with a third and one stuff. Uh, Kenny Clark with a third down sack. Now, the thing that kind of stood out in a negative manner was Rasul got burned on a crosser. Um, a couple things kind of emerged from the, in that regard. But what did you think early on there, man, when the, when the game kind of kicked off there in the first quarter? Yeah, man, I had the uh, same kind of notes. The Perriman first catch, you know, the, literally the first play at 24 yards. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And uh, then we kind of settled in. Like you said, Gary and Preston, they had good pressure. Um, and what I really liked was right away I saw Kenny, you know, attacking. And then and then 
on offense, the thing that I loved is that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the first two offensive plays that we ran were to Bakhtiari's side. I think they were both runs to his side, or at least, a, you know, a coverage pressure to his side. I think they were both runs, though, and he seemed like he did really well. And then uh, we, we commented, you know, I'm commenting in like six different text streams as I'm going through this. One's with my dad, one's with my brother, one's with you guys, one's with the uh, the Packard fantasy team. And pretty much all of us are talking the same stuff. We're both kind of uh, excited at the fact that both the running backs are on the field at the same time. They showed a graphic at one point where they said that basically halfway into the first quarter, they had already ran more uh, dual running back formations than they had in the previous game combined. And, um, you know, that was just great to see. And then you see Dobbs, man, you see Dobbs taking a step like, oh, it's so great to see, you know, and as, as I, I did, I got frustrated this whole game. If you saw me in the chat, if you're a neighbor of mine, you definitely know I was screaming. I was cussing. That's why I can't do these live streams, man. I can't do it. It's just <laughs> tell them about the broom, Jacob. Tell them about the broom. I got people hitting me on the, I, you ever watch friends back in the day, like 1990s friends when they got that weird neighbor who hits you. I had my neighbors, they're probably listening to me right now. If I'm being honest, they were hitting the bottom of me with brooms and stuff. Tell me to shut up, but you know what? I ain't gonna <laughs> shut up. I pay way too much money to live in this box. So, <clears throat> but yeah, man, I'm just, and then J yeah, Jair going out. It's just, it seems like we can't, it's, if it's not our groin, it's our hamstrings. It's a weird sound bite, but you know. That is a very weird. Uh, we've got to get that cut out and put in the intro for sure. Um, if it's, it's not our hands, it's our groins, man. You can't you can't save them. <laughs> it's funny that you said uh, said that about the neighbors because I had an experience here too. We had severe thunderstorms. We had forty five mile an hour gusts. Right. So I'm sitting here in the studio, the game room, whatever you want to call it. I got two big French doors right here behind me. Right. It, it opens up to like a seven foot opening. And I forgot to put the floor bolt in, right? So I just had the door latched and shut. I'm sitting there. This is like in the heat of the battle, right? Both doors slam open, right? Rain comes flying inside. I look up, and the cushions on the outdoor furniture are flying through the air, like 20 feet in the air. Look like, I mean, and, and all I did was slam the doors back shut, put my back against it, and made sure I could still see the TV. I'm like, hey, this is it, this is it right? This is, this is how it's going down. It's how it's going down. But, yeah, what you said with the with the pony package there with uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, you know, something else that we got to take into consideration about the play calling in the second half, and we'll get into that here in a second, was, you know, uh, being down Sammy Watkins, right? And, you know, they, they promoted or uh, uh, what they, uh, they uh, elevated, elevated, I should say, Jawan Winfrey, right? So you only had three outside receivers this whole game. And then yeah. you had Cobb and you had, um, obviously, Amari Rodgers, who still still didn't see the offensive side of the ball, to the best of my knowledge, anyway. He had, so, uh, he had about four snaps, actually. Oh, did he really? I saw him <laughs> on Jets. They literally just had him on Jets motion, I believe, just because of the fact that Watson was out there. So they mm -hmm. wanted to use him in that. I think that's literally all they used him as was about four different plays on Jets motion is what I saw. Just a little decoy, right? Yeah. Um, so with that being said, you you had to kind of lean on 12 personnel. You know, it, it was something that it, unless you want your outside re receivers to get gassed, and I honestly think that came into play in the second half. I really do. I think that those outside receivers got gassed, <laughs> as did everyone. And it's easy for us to sit on our couch with our cold beer and talk about, you know, the play calling and, and how things didn't go the way we wanted them to. And it's like when it's 90 degrees and you're out there running those nine routes, it's a whole different ball game, right? So yeah, I really I, think that they had to they had to get away from the run a bit too at certain points. I don't agree with it, but at the same time, you could tell the game plan was geared around, you know, a certain aspect. So um, we've seen the pony package come in. What I didn't like was how they used A.J. Dillon in motion what seemed to be more than Aaron Jones. And that kind of that kind of bothered me a little bit. But you had the quick uh, wide receiver screen to Aaron Jones, who obviously was flexed out wide. One play that really stood out to me, I came up off the couch, was when Aaron came to the line, they were in 12 personnel, and he, he hollered, you know, can, can, can. He canned out of a run and went to Dobbs on the slant. And, and the thing that really stands out to me is he has got a lot of trust in Romeo Dobbs right now. I mean, what did you think of, of how Dobbs came out and looked tonight? So I was just going to say um, my next note besides what you were – basically we, we kind of go – we did not pre-ins, guys. Like we don't we don't really talk about what we're going to do before we not do at a all. podcast. We literally have like 
like a two-minute conversation to ensue. <laughs> yeah we actually like have a two-minute conversation about like you know what we thought and who else thought you know we don't pregame this so um <clears throat> my next note was uh dobbs has serious game speed and i'm talking like you you can't tell me that the guy i don't remember exactly what his 40 speed was measured at the combine and guys i don't care what you what I'm a sucker for that too. Everybody that does a draft coverage is a sucker. I don't care. ESPN's a sucker. NFL.com's a sucker. Everyone's a sucker for the 40 speed. It's not true. It's just not. And I'm telling you, because if you watch <laughs> Romeo Dobbs, you catch these ball. This guy turns up field, his shiftiness, his 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 first plant foot is just unbelievable. And there was a few times where honestly, if Rogers was a little more pinpoint, I think he has even more um explosive plays and all that kind of stuff. And that's that's why I was a little bit <clears throat> upset and I was, I was a little, you know, tuned up in the chat today because I just, I didn't agree with a lot of the play calls. And, and like you said, Clay, maybe it's because they were trying to do certain situations and, <clears throat> and maybe they had a, a, a game plan in their mind. I just got very frustrated right away. And, but, but I will say that Dylan's ability to catch the ball, it was kind of like last week where he bobbled or the, the catch was a little bit outside his bread basket, but that one that Rogers threw and it hit him in the chest, but he, you know, wasn't really looking at it, but he still was able to control it, make the catch fall forward. And I believe it was for a first down. If it wasn't, it was at least to set him up for first down. So, um, yeah. yeah. And then again, like you said, man, just a lot of missed penalties and penalties that aren't just like, Oh, that could have, I'm talking screenshots where they're doing like a, a stone cold stunner on the guy, like where they're midway through doing like a, <laughs> like a choke out and i just it's a, I listen know. let me let me just let me cut you off it's a hole right. it's a freaking yeah. hole you can I read know. the rule books i don't care what anyone says about well morally you know they say if they i don't care the rules are very very clear and the common rule from every fan's point of view is if you get outside of the frame of the shoulder pads right you can grab the jersey but as long as you're within the frame of the if shoulder pads like yeah, they, dude, and, and there and there was what's funny about the other play too with Kenny Clark or no Jaron Reed, they've got Jaron Reed around the neck, and the, the guy behind him no. you didn't see it in the screenshot had him by the back of the jersey. No, 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 no. It's not just that. Literally, if you pan out, it's one, two, three. The third guy behind him has him in a neck hold as well. It's all three literal <laughs> facets of it are all like the most extreme yeah. like Diamond Dallas Page chokeholds I've ever seen in my life. Bro, it's you know, it's Tom Brady, period. And and it's funny yeah. too because you go on Twitter and it wasn't just Packer fans, it was football fans going, yeah. God, he gets every single call. And it, it is what it is, you know. It, it's one of those things you as a coach, as a player, you've got to overcome it. And they did. And that's why I don't care how ugly the win is. I had this chalked up as a loss. I, I didn't think we could go into Tampa this early in the season and win this game. And I know a lot of things changed. But at the end of the freaking day, it wasn't ideal by no stretch of the imagination. You lose Jair, arguably your best defensive player on the entire football field, yeah. and you still come out and only give up 12 points, dude. Hey, a win is a freaking win. And the fact that we did it while they were holding us like crazy fires me up even more. It makes me think, wow, what are we actually capable of from a defensive yeah. standpoint moving forward. And and on offense in the first half, a lot of good things happened. You know, around that same time we were just talking about that can play, you know, Randall Cobb on a third down. It was beautiful. Aaron came to the line. He didn't even look at Cobb. Cobb didn't look at him. But they both recognized the corner was roughly eight yards off the line of scrimmage. They bring a nickel blitz. Aaron takes the snap, immediately goes to an alert smoke route to Randall Cobb. Huge third down conversion. And then came right back to Dobbs on second down with a catch. And uh, then you got, you know, Romeo Dobbs on the touchdown slant. And what a lot of people missed, I'm sure, on that touchdown slant was the fact that Lazard in his lead route, walking those perfect. two defenders yeah. out to create that space. Yeah. Well, and the, uh, yeah, that was a perfect kind of semi not pick, but kind of pick play slash lead block play. Like, you know, they, they let the, the NFL lets the that wide receiver get away with just a little bit. You know what I mean? So you can kind of do a pick, even though like you can't quite get away with it, but it's, it's whatever. So, um, one thing I thought also that was a little intriguing or whatever is just the fact that, like, like again, Romeo Dobbs, man, he just – Rodgers seemed like he had trust in him, and it wasn't just, like, it was his only option trust. It seemed like he was really finding a groove with him. And that's the only thing that I'm really 
I shouldn't say the only thing, but one of the only things that really got me mad is that why did we get away from the run when we had the lead? It just situationally, I did not like the play calls. If you look back at the Discord chat, I'm sitting here being a little, you know, you know what? I'm I'm kind of a pessimistic guy, but I'm not. I'm nowhere near as pessimistic as my little brother and my father. Guys, I'm calling you out. You guys need to stop texting me. Have some faith, for Lord's sake. All right, jeepers. But I I will say that like I was even being like God. Just could you, could you run the ball? Why? Well, I think it was three minutes, three three minutes and thirty seconds left, and it's like second down, and we're Dude. and we throw. I'm sorry, it was first down, and we throw. And I I've, never won the two, said, I've never won the two-yard loss so bad in my life. I said, what are we doing? <laughs> like, who is calling these plays, man? Run the clock out. Why Why would, in, in any situation, in any realm of the universe, would we give Tom Brady a minute, two minutes left with any timeouts, no timeouts? Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. I just, it, to me, it's when you have two running backs that are very capable of running without lead blockers, without any of that kind of stuff. So and that's my only gripe. And, um, it's one that I will keep going after because, you know, Green Bay, Matt LaFleur for that one year when he's like, all gas, no, you know what, break. But you know what? From then on, it seems like it's just nothing but break and no gas. And it's, dude, take half the amount of time it takes to do your eyebrows and just put it into just being hardcore, <laughs> like aggressive. I want eyebrow aggressivity into the defense. Yeah, I made up that word. It's it's funny you mention that because guess who's at the podium? Let's go Uh-oh. see what Matt Moore has to say right now. In quite a bit, you know, you could see Keyshawn running down, Rudy Ford running down. Um, it was just great to see David back in the lineup. How about Randall Cobb making some big time plays and the guy didn't practice all week. He was he was sick all week. So it was it was uh, a great great win for us. Obviously, there's there's a lot of things that we need to clean up, but. I think anytime you you hold a team like that to 12 points, you got a chance of winning. Play caller to go down the field, two touchdowns down the field again to the doorstep, and then not have more points the rest of the day yet still win. How does that feel as an offensive play caller? And what's it like to be patient in the moment as that's going on? Yeah, uh, it it can be frustrating, but the thing is, you, you always got to keep the bigger picture. And I thought the way our defense was playing. Um, certainly, you got to give Tampa's defense a ton of credit. Just the adjustments they made, and kind of, uh, we would have loved to have been able to run the ball more effectively. Um, and then, obviously, third down, just not being able to convert until, until I want to say it was, we were over in the second half until we hit Alan Lazard on that little what we call a looky route. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was definitely frustrating. There was a ton of three and outs there. Um, you know, we kept kind of hurting ourselves with some bad penalties um, and just not not executing. Certainly, I think that it always starts with us as coaches and making sure we're putting our guys in the best position possible. So we'll, we'll take a good hard look and see if we had the right plays even designed to give them a chance. But, you know, you got to give credit to Tampa Bay, too. That, that's a, a damn good defense. I think there's a reason why they are arguably the number one defense in the league right now. Um, and uh, but we'll, we'll look at it, we'll learn from it, and we'll we'll get better from it. All right. So obviously, him pointing out, you know, Tampa, Jacob, this is a top five defense, possibly a top three defense with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, and and you know what he said about the game flow, right, and how the defense was playing. I would much rather see what we saw today than for us to go down and be too aggressive, right? And and I know the argument is we didn't run the ball enough, and I completely agree. Um, but the see, passing that they were trying to attempt, you could tell that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a, a great adjustment at halftime. And I'm really, really eager to go back and watch the tape as soon as the All-22 hits. I want to see what it was that they did. The RPOs were there in the first half big time. Um, the running game was somewhat there as well, but mainly the RPOs, mainly because, like we talked about in the game plan episode, they were going to play off on the outside. They're going to play a three-deep look, you know, a, a zone defense, a zone blitz look, and they really overloaded the A-gaps quite a bit. So when you come to the line and you've got, you know, two plays called, and you're trying to decide, am I can into, can into or out of a run? And those both of those A-gaps are clogged. 
it's it's kind of hard to go. I'm just going to butt my head against the wall here. But what I didn't agree with was we've seen hardly any crossers, and that's really really yeah. how you can beat that zone defense. Um, but again, Romeo Dobbs, I want to mention this real quick before we get too far along. Um, the Green Bay Packers tweeted out the Duluth trading player, hardworking player of the game, Romeo Dobbs, eight receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Guys, he was only targeted eight times. Eight he was targeted eight times, had eight, eight catches, 73 yards, and a tud. What a game by him. Now, that's, as we that's go perfect, along here in the right? first half, I kept yeah, making they, note after note after note. Special teams are solid. Special teams are solid. That Rich Bisaccia, somebody buy him a freaking Hummer or something. Because this dude has come in and so quickly has turned around the special teams. And we don't need him to be a top five special teams. We just need him to not make mistakes. And he's already accomplished that. I'm really excited to see how well they play by the end of the end of the season. Also had Eric Stokes, great inside coverage on a third down. It's all about situational football. Bakhtiari left. People got immediately worried. We heard rumors there was going to be a snap count. That's exactly what it was. You've seen him and Yash mm-hmm. rotate out the entire game. And, and, Jacob, have you ever seen two left tackles rotate like that in the game? I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. <clears throat> not willingly, no. Uh, not as like it was a game plan. I I, I can't remember any of that. But um, one thing I will also touch on is that, uh, guys, you know, I was a little bit disappointed in the Packers running attempt, uh, running game in general, like, like, if anything, I wanted them to 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 do it more, you know, try to explore that a little more, especially on the third down, second down, first down, that kind of thing. Um, we held Tampa Bay to 34 run yards, guys, 34 oh. rushing yards. I just am looking at this and I'm like, what did we really do? That? So as much as it looked like Leonard Fournette was kind of gashing us, he didn't. He had a long of six. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, Green Bay only rushed for 67 yards, but we didn't try it that much. I and, mean, again, I, I would have liked to see us more key on that factor. Russell Gage kind of burned us. He had 13 targets for 12 receptions, but he only had 87 yards. He did have a touchdown, but, I mean, 13 targets, 12 receptions. All in all, guys, this defense, you know, I, my whole gripe in the first two weeks was like, where, where is this stud defense? You know, where is this uh, – Everything we've been seeing in the in, in the you know the the preseason the, the off season and well guess what guys it's 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 kind of sneaky here it's it's actually here it's Ryan here. touchdown in the and, and, and we're looking at the the totals like and and look Rashawn Gary has three three sacks man three games if I'm not mistaken I don't know how many pressures but it's got to be a bunch the guy got held more than I, I, I don't know, Clayton. Give me a Claytonism right here. Held more than a chicken before he's about to. I don't know, man. It's just <laughs> he has a good accent. <laughs> I, was about, I was almost there, hey, man. So, were, I mean, but like we said, they were held tighter than an Appalachian baby holding onto a Mountain Dew. How about that? All right, boom. That is exactly what I was trying to go for. It's <laughs> <laughs> the moment I'm Oh, man. We got Dakota surge. in the chat. Dakota says just one word: Dobbs. That's what's up, dude. Agree. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, something else, too, that I noticed was, you know, Bob Tunyon several <laughs> years ago, he was kind of that vertical threat. They like to attack the seam quite a bit. And I've noticed that his roles changed this year. He's doing a lot of chipping and delay re- releases yeah. underneath. And he, he showed up several times. I don't know how many catches he had. I don't know if you have the box score there, but um, if you I could tell me how many catches Tunyon had. But it was just yeah, all night long. It seemed like he was doing a chip release. Tony was targeted seven times, had six catches for 37 yards. He had a long of nine, but like a, he's old reliable. You know what I mean? Again, yeah, I think he was, we touched on it last podcast where the guy doesn't drop anything. He doesn't drop And, and that's one of those things, too. I, I felt like he kind of did it on the fly because they would overload the A-gap. Like I said, they would put seven seven guys on the line of scrimmage, right? And and they would – it kind of felt like it was on the fly that Bob Tunyon would chip and then delay release underneath or maybe yeah. in the flat. And he was just a safety valve for Rodgers all day long. He really was. Um, the thing about Dobbs, too, that really stood out to me, I wrote down here, was he is just schematically sound all day long. It just You never felt like, oh, he's out of place there, or, oh, this moment's too big for him. He was Game always speed. in the right spot. What's that? Game speed. Yes. Guy okay. catches the ball, and he turns up field. And I don't care what it says, like we talked about on his 40 time in the draft. The guy – he is shifty, dude. Like I'm, I'm, it, I'm, I'm really excited. And uh, I don't remember. It was one of the announcers. They were talking about how 
whoever they, maybe it was, they were talking to Aaron or something. And they said that um, he's Devante esque and they were very careful to not say he's not Devante, but he has the same traits. I think Rogers was the one that said he has the same traits. He's sneaky fast off the line. He runs really good routes and he has really late hands, meaning he can just turn around, throw that hand up and catch it, you know, and I'm just, Oh, I'm excited to see that. The only, you know, not the only again, but one of the things seeing Christian Watson, Watkins going on IR, I did not see that coming, man. I did no, not, not see that. That was a blind yeah, side. Yeah, completely with you there. That really, really shot me. But you do have to understand, too, and I, I know you know this, maybe some of the listeners don't, that the the IR has changed somewhat to where mm-hmm. he can he can come off of the back off the IR. To, to the best of my understanding, this Holy wasn't a season-ending Right. This wasn't season ending hour. It was the four game was hour. Four weeks, right? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you get in that situation. It's like, okay, if this is something that's going to linger and it really prevents you from maximizing your personnel and what you want to do on offense, you know, it kind of makes sense. But in the moment, I'm with you. I was like, what? Where did that come from? But uh, another thing that we did great there in the first half was just grinding AJ Dillon and keeping their defense on the field. Those first two drives, Jacob, their defense was completely gassed. And I, I mean, they just kept them on the field. And it, I, I remember at one point, I, I and this is going to sound silly, I kind of felt bad for them. I'm like, how are they even getting back to the huddle, dude? Like, I'm telling you right now, I walked to the end of the cul-de-sac to get my trash can and I'm winded. And I watch these dudes <laughs> and it's 90 degrees with, you know, 110 humidity, whatever it is. And and I'm I, they were on the field the entire first half, and and you got to credit as much as we like to criticize Lafleur with the second half play calling, you got to credit their, their game plan early on because it really took the wind out of their defense early and allowed us to get that early lead for sure. And also on the opposite side, keeping our defense on the sideline really really helped too. I think that was that played a huge huge role. <laughs> you had the time of possession there next to you anywhere. Do you know what the time of possession was? Yeah, I can see if you can find that real quick. But uh. Aaron Rodgers doing the hurry up to um, force Tampa Bay to use that timeout. That was big there in the first half. Got a third down completion to Alan Lazard. And and on that particular play, what I really noticed was Josh did a great job protecting against the blitz on that specific play. And then our boy Tyler Davis. It's hilarious. He did what they called a hide route. But that's what Greg play. Olson called a hide route. But did you notice the sift set up? Did you see the pre the, the pre snap sift? Yeah, I saw this. It was a it was a sift, <laughs> and then it was a delayed release. What he called a hide route. And uh, Tyler Davis, man, I, to the best of my knowledge, he he caught every target that he had. I yeah, mean, I, I believe he did. Honestly, I don't want to. I'm not going to fluff okay. the guy. I'm just going to say he had an okay game. All right, I'm going to move on real quick. The possession, <laughs> time possession, Green Bay 33. Minutes, 25 seconds to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 26 minutes and 35 seconds. And then that first downs, man, Green Bay actually lost the first down uh, category. Had 14 to Tampa Bay's 19. Turnover was matched at 2-2. Two to two. Total yards, Green Bay 315, Tampa Bay 285. And that's what I'm saying, man, is this game was so close. It got me so... We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Frustrated at the end of the game, seeing some of the play calls and, and you know, I'm I'm a guy that gets emotional. I uh, I try to hide it really well or as best as I can when I do live streams or anything like that, which <laughs> I 
it's not that great, but I try to hide it. When I'm alone, I'm a I'm a wreck, dude. Like I'm <laughs> I'm going through all emotions. I'll go I'll go through all of it. And so I was very upset in certain aspects of this game because personally, this game should have been locked away early third quarter. And the fact yeah. that we did not do that to me is I don't like that Matt LaFleur seems like every press conference he gives, he's like, Oh, you're right. That that was a good idea. Like I don't like that about him. He seems way he's I, I like that he's willing to make adjustments, but I hate that he's so open to the fact that you almost don't think that he even thought about it. Like, yeah. huh, running Aaron Jones more than eight times a game, that's a good idea. Like, I should probably do that. And then it's like, oh, you know, uh, protecting yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Good idea. Like, just come on, man. I don't want to I hear those answers. Think, I actually think that <laughs> he he likes to play dumb. I really do. I do too. I you know, and and I would much rather see that than have a Mock Zimmer up there showing as you know what every yeah. single game like we've seen in Minnesota for so long. I was so sad to see Mock Zimmer go. I really was. But you had Alan Lazard on the RPO touchdown pass. Beautiful job by he and Aaron just reading it together there. You're kind of seeing that chemistry between those two and how that can really benefit uh, the offense. Rasul, all day long it seemed like he was he was attacking the football on underneath routes. I don't like him in the <clears> slot. <throat> against the crossers. He seems to struggle against that. But, man, oh, man, when you've got a team that's really wanting to utilize the underneath passing game, he is your guy. He beat a block on a smoke route, and then you had Rashawn Gary immediately with a with a sack. And, and I loved it, too, because they they actually sugared a, derp, a double barrel look. And, uh, and Brady didn't know what to do. When I say a double barrel look, they brung both of the inside linebackers, the Packers being they, the Packers – Joe Barry brung both inside linebackers up in the A gap. So you had a, a basically a six man front look, maybe even a seven. I, I have to go back and look at the tape, but brung them up, showed a, that, that's called a double barrel blitz. So they bring the double barrels, you know, up in the uh, in the A gap and they dropped them both out. And what it caused the, the protection to do was squeeze just enough to allow Rashawn Gary to get around the edge. And Rashawn Gary, mark my words, man, I think I will not be surprised at all if he has one of his highest PFF pass rush grades of all time because that dude was held all day long. Okay. And that's what I love about PFF is they tell the entire story for the most part. They're not always accurate, but for the most part, they give you that information that doesn't show up in the stat column. But what did and you think still, of Gary today, man? He still had three tackles, one solo, a quarterback hit, a sack, and a quarterback hit. Or a, a path to, uh, let me start over because I had to make sure three total tackles, two assists, one sack, one tackle for a loss and, and one quarterback hit. And that doesn't even tell you how many pressures he had, because I don't have that information in front of me at the moment. So, um, and again, that that's one thing that I keyed on. I was trying to watch Gary as much as I could, but then I started watching, you know, I, I really started watching Walker because that's kind of, I don't know why, but I'm just oh, dude, I love watching fine, him and just seeing what he's doing. Yeah. And, um, but it's just really intriguing. It's so fun to see that we have multiple guys because it's like I was trying to watch Kenny Clark because he's awesome. I'm trying to watch Gary because he's awesome. I just want our safeties to just pull their heads out of their butts, just just play somewhat okay. Like I'm talking top 20. I'm not asking for top five, guys. I'm not asking for top 10. Top 20. That's it. Just be basic, basic, yeah, I mean, you and we up. can really, really – but we could have a great season if we just have a couple guys that can just please cover over the top, please. Yeah, and you pick up that fifth-year option with Darnell Savage. He's here next year, and he—I yeah. mean, he is—he's playing bad again. It's going to be another one. The PFF grades hit. I'm not going to be surprised if he's in the 50s. I'll, I'll be surprised yeah. if he cracks the 70s. That would be really, really surprising to me because he just looked like he played horrible. Now Amos did redeem himself later in the game. We'll talk about that here in a second. But again, they're early in the first half. That RPO to Cobb. Huge, huge game came at the perfect time. Um, then you seen Bach come back into the game. That got me very excited. That, okay, this wasn't injury related. It's just yeah. strictly a snap count thing. Um, so I would expect to see Bach play the entire game next week, which is really cool. Now, obviously, Josh Myers left the game. We'll have to see how, see how serious that injury was because we did bring in Hanson, right? I've seen some flowing locks out there. That was him at center, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Okay, so, you know, if he's going to be the center – and that allows Elton Jenkins to stay at right tackle. That might be the right way to go. I don't know. I'm not a handsome fan at all. But if you have to move Elton to center, and then you're going to slide Royce Newman to right tackle, you're you're moving two spots as opposed to just one. And and that's been my yeah. past experience, Jacob. 
keeping up with the offensive line and when you have these injuries occur is the last thing we, you want is for the you know you want the minimal amount of positions affected you might you might cater to someone being less of a player to keep from two positions to having a rotate but yeah what were you going to say does it make sense in a world that uh, so let's say that Bakhtiari can play left tackle do we shift uh, uh, who's the big man? Yash, we sh- do we shift Yash over to right tackle, have Alton at center, Ronnie at left guard, and then Royce at right guard? To me, that that's optimal. But I don't that know if they would ever be, do that. Yeah, that seems to be the popular opinion. Now, me personally, I have not seen Yash play right tackle. I don't see uh, that. So I was just going to say, I don't know if Yash can do that because I'm, I'm very impressed with him at, at left tackle. I feel like he's so underrated that it's crazy. Yeah, that would be a great question for Packernet after dark. Uh, shameless plug here. If you guys mm-hmm. want to get your, uh, you know, want to get your opinion heard, make sure you call into Packernet after dark. All you got to do go to Ryan's Twitter page. He's got all the information there. Ryan, do you or uh, Jacob, do you have the number right there in front of you? If you don't, it's okay. But if you do, just read it off. But uh, go, you know, I want to know that that'd be a great question for Ryan. How many snaps has Josh taken at right tackle his entire career? I would like to know that yeah. number. It would be good. Um, and if you have that question, the number for the Packer Night After Dark is 608-501-0718. That, again, is 608-501-0718. And that would be a great question because I literally am, am kind of questioning. Like, just it's yeah. – it's, it's it's not as it's, interchangeable it's good, as people think, you know. No, and that's the thing is it's you feel like you have a puzzle piece that you can kind of fit these guys into, and it's just like plug and play, but it's really not. And we're blessed – because a lot of teams could never have Elton Jenkins where you could say, I'll just throw him at right tackle or I'll throw him at left tackle or I'll throw him at center or either of the guards because he can literally play any of those positions. And we have a lot of guys that can also do that same kind of thing. Maybe not all five, but three of the five. And that's yeah. why, again, that's a testament of Goody being able to draft and people that now like, this is the time of the year when people are like, why don't you draft a wide receiver? Here's why, <laughs> because now this is where we are. You know what I'm saying? And, yep. and we have options. We have literally like three different dudes we can throw at multiple positions that can suffice. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it got to kind of when things, when the wheels started to come off there in the third quarter, I mean, you had Dobbs with a great yak catch, but then you had Lazard with the block in the back. Uh, obviously, you had the Aaron Jones fumble, and that fumble there inside the five absolutely killed everything with the game plan you know um you can't put your foot on their throat when you fumble that ball there inside the five when you could have went up you know basically three scores and instead they have all the momentum all of a sudden and and i put that on aaron Rodgers. i really do because the ball was behind aaron jones he wasn't careless with the ball after he yep. caught it he had he made a great catch great adjustment made the catch just took a he shot in the to, back yeah. and the ball came out it is what it is but um then you turn around and it was from too. It wasn't from like a linebacker. It was from the D tackle who drifted back. Vita Vey, they ran what you call a fire zone blitz. Vita Vey, the big three, you know, seven hundred and thirty-five pound defensive tackle, um, you know, drops into coverage, and he's the one who nailed Aaron Jones in the back. And Mm -hmm. and you know, it's easy to go. All right, hold on to the ball. Okay, dude. All right, (laughs) you let that dude hit you in the back. Take every ounce of wind out of your lungs. It's a different ball game. But um, Pat O'Donnell showed up for me all night long. What a stud Pat O'Donnell is. Seven punts, five of which were inside the 20. Guys, Pat O'Donnell won this game. I mean, hands down. Could you imagine, Jacob, having our special teams last year trying to win this game? I mean, it'd be impossible. Absolutely impossible. So, um, uh, Just real quick, I didn't realize he punted seven times for 339 yards with still an average of almost 50 yards a punt. And he and had five inside, five the, 20. inside the twenty guys. It's your that's, ball game right there. That's that, yeah. We, that's it. And that's and it. again, Jacob, could you see that happening last year? Never. It wasn't. I was going to say that didn't. I don't think that happened all last year. I might be wrong. No. I don't think Homie got more than five within the twenty last year. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I don't think he even got close to that. Not within one game. That's crazy. Yeah, and then. Back to the negative side, Darnell Savage in coverage. He looks absolutely lost. Got the horrible penalty there. Uh, I believe it was in the third quarter. And then you had uh, Rasul with a great, great uh, push-out midair. The guy made the, the catch on the sideline and, and got just enough of the defender to, to get him out of bounds. 
before he could get both feet in. And then, boom, here comes my boy Keyshawn Nixon, forced fumble, completely changed the momentum of the game right there. Um, obviously, you had him and you had Quay Walker with the fumble as well, forcing the fumble. That was huge. But, uh, yeah, um, Dobbs, like I said, I got a note here. You could tell that Aaron Rodgers trusts Romeo Dobbs, and he showed strong hands all game long. Oh, and by the way, Keyshawn Nixon, I only need to force that fumble, but the following punt, he was the one who pinned the ball down on the one-yard line. Beast mode. So, Clayton, I mean, this is a little bit anticlimactic, but Arthur, do we want to get into our dogs of the game? I mean, because that seems like kind of – Let's do that. Let's go ahead and get into our dog of the week here. Let me see if I can make a move here. Um, This little segment we like to call Dog of the Week. All right. That that sounds like an Appalachian toddler going after some Mountain Dew right there. But uh, yeah, I can say that. I was one of those Appalachian toddlers, all right? And you're probably going, you got all your teeth. How's that that possible? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah let's get into dog of the week and since we just mentioned it i'm going to say it right now man mine is Keyshawn nixon dude when you talk about how effective uh pat o'donnell was in the punting game and how that really i mean you're talking about over 300 yards of of invisible yardage five of those punts being down inside the five all that great stuff Keyshawn nixon was the one who downed it on the one and he forced that fumble when guys he came in and played for jair alexander mm-hmm. like Think about that. Arguably the best corner in the entire NFL. And this guy, it's his job to come in and kind of play in replace of him. And what did he do? Forced the fumble and then still contributed on special teams. He is absolutely my dog of the week. But who is yours, Jacob? Yeah, just a real quick piggyback off that. Nixon, and not only did he show out today and have a great game and made some really splash plays. If you guys don't remember, Nixon – was the guy that basically saved that came in and threw that crazy tackle where he threw his whole body into it, caused a fumble. He scored out as the best player of the whole week that week off of one play. And we thought the dude separated his shoulder. We thought he was done, took him out. We said, all right, have a great year, you know, go home, see your family. He comes back and now off of, you know, limited snaps, but the guy still has a great game. He ends up with our third best tackler, seven total, six, Assist, or I'm sorry, seven total, six solo. And then he had, like you said, a couple of just really smart plays where he just flashed, man. It was really, really great to see. To me, my dog of the week, I'm going to stick on the defensive side, stick with another defensive back. Another guy that had to step up because of the fact that Jair had, obviously, the injury, Razul Douglas, eight of eight. He had eight tackles, eight solo, two pass deflections. And a, something that doesn't show up on the, on the stat sheet, which I can't believe is on there – he looks like he is this the wide receiver screen killer. I think I sent you that message, didn't yeah. I, Clayton? Where he is the guy that where he'll kind of stop on a route as soon as the snap is is going. He looks at the wide receiver if they take that one step back, where they set up to wait for that you know that pass, and then you see the blockers come. He, he shoots. He doesn't wait. He doesn't hesitate, which I hate out of defensive backs. I hate defensive backs. I remember Ahmad Carroll or whatever his name was. Remember the guy oh, who God. used to make that him practice name. with boxing gloves on or whatever because he'd grab yeah. and he'd wait. He'd wait for people to come to him. He'd wait for initial. If you think about the good uh, quarterbacks we had, people, you know, they, they would initiate contact and then play off of Woodson and Williams and all those kind of guys. So it was really, really exciting to me to see him go out, make contact as soon as he realized that the play was going his way. He didn't stop. He didn't stutter step. If you're going to make a mistake, do it 100%, throwing your body at the play. And he did make a couple plays where if he didn't stop him behind the line of scrimmage, he stopped it for like a one or two yard gain. And to me, that's a loss. So I, I yeah, Razul is my dog. Love it. Love it. Yeah. He, he had a great game. And, and again, you know, just playing underneath, uh, I've got note after note after note. And, and then obviously, you know, with Keyshawn Nixon being my dog, another play that he made was a great, uh, uh, the uh, deep shot. I believe it was into the end zone when he was on coverage because I said, oh, my God, thank God, who was that? And lo and behold, it was Keyshawn Nixon. So it's Keyshawn and Razul Douglas really showed up for this defense. I expect them to have very, very high PFF grades. Now, I will say this, um, you know, Rasul did get burned a couple of times. Yeah. But when the game's on the line and they tried to play underneath, 
that dude, I mean, he's as good as they get, just like you said, Jacob. And, and you know, Amos kind of showed up there in the second half too. He made a play, um, great job, uh, uh, break uh, break on the ball and making a tackle there. Yeah, for, a tackle for a loss. Yeah, and then obviously uh, Devondre Campbell was – I mean, you could tell that he was winded. He was out there trying to cover that tight end on those out routes, and, and you could kind of see their second-half adjustment from Tampa Bay's standpoint was let's hammer the out routes, right? So what that tells you was they were playing deep, right, and and they were covering the middle of the field but given that 8- to 12-yard out routes all day long and uh, they were trying to get, you know, get the, get the pressure there in Brady's face before they could make it. But Devondre Campbell at the end of the day, man, I thought he played great. Um, I've got note after note, you know, just in run defense. Um, like I said, he, he was outmatched on that, on a quick Dino route, but how are you going to cover a receiver on a Dino route? Like, I mean, a Dino is basically, some people call it a zag, whatever, you know, it, it was basically a, it looked like it was setting up to be a quick slant and then a sharp out, you know, maybe three yard out route. And it's hard to ask an inside linebacker to cover that against well, a wide receiver. And if you can remember, so he has 14 tackles, eight solo, one tackle for a loss, and that pass deflection. That pass deflection was a very key pass deflection. I, I think it was around the goal line, if I'm not mistaken. And the guy is just <laughs> – the fact that we can – I don't know if you remember this, but we watched Quay Walker being able to do whatever that – heck he wanted to he was literally floating around he was free he was floating he was blitzing he was sugaring he was doing whatever the heck he wanted and i didn't even i didn't even look at at at, at devondre because i thought well it's devondre i have to watch him he's gonna have whoever he's on locked down and i have not had that luxury i mean think about it like you said think about our last great linebacker aj hawk maybe yeah just desmond bishop maybe there was never a number two that was around there like never, never up. have we had inside linebacker combination Ever. like this. Yeah. Never. It was always. And you saw weird. what that can do because tonight, as much as I don't think Lavondre, David, and and with uh, Devin White, you know, but when you have two guys that are even one of them's quick and the other one's efficient, or vice versa, or they're both efficient or they're both quick, it changes it, man. It changes your whole dynamic of the, the defense and the offense that goes against it. So it's 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 really exciting for the first time to actually see and Walker. Fourth and tackles, you know, Devondre Campbell, number one, Azul, number two, Keyshawn, number three, Quay, number four. And then who's number five? Mr. Kenny Clark, who again showed out. Dude is yeah. just, oh, I'm so excited. And again, that Quay Walker, man, when he punched out that fumble, dude, absolutely. Yeah, huge. that's another thing. It doesn't show up on the stat line right there. And right, no yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, it was a forced fumble for sure. Um, here in the fourth quarter when we got going, RPOs to Tunyon, carrying four defenders, like I said, just playing them underneath. It's obvious they don't they don't trust that knee to stretch the field vertically at the moment, but just using his sure hands, which we've we've talked about in the past, Jacob, he never drops passes. Tunyon is as sure-handed as they get. We've got enough of a sample size now to, to know that's legit. Um, another thing, too, uh, obviously O'Donnell, again, pinned him inside the 15. And then Rashawn Gary flipped to the right side. From the defense's perspective, he was playing the right edge. So from the offensive perspective, think left tackle. Rashawn Gary flipped over there for whatever reason and uh, beat his guy, got held, didn't get called. Again, that's going to be another positive play. But he also made a tackle for a loss on a running play, chasing down the backside there. Rashawn Gary's an absolute monster, man. And, and like I said, Tunyon, just playing that underneath. Safety valve for sure. Preston Smith on the on the flea flicker play, man. That could have been huge. But Preston Smith got them long arms out there and swatted down that pitch off of that flea flicker. That was a very, very big play. And then our boy Jaron Reed showing up, beat a double team block for a sack. That was really nice to see, man. And, and Jaron Reed hasn't – you haven't heard his name called much, but, man, right there in the fourth quarter, dude, while they were refusing to call holding, they just kept battling and kept battling, and Jaron Reed really showed up. Yeah, man. So, I, uh, go ahead. No, I'm just like you said. It's uh, it's one of those things where it was a great game initially, and I really, really liked the initial spark. It's just one of those things again where, you know, what was it two years ago? All got all gas, no break, and it's just I feel like the opposite is what we do now, and I really want to just. I want to get into the coaches room and be like, what do you guys do at the third quarter? Because it seems like what you do is just <laughs> you pack up and you get ready for the next game. And I just, I, I'm so sick of that as a Green Bay Packer fan, put the pedal down, completely embarrass these people, make them not want to ever show their faces again. We seem like we always have that. Like we have the advantage to knock them out. And instead we just, we hold them on the, on the ropes and we just play with them. 
We just play with them until we let Tom Brady get a fourth quarter comeback where everything's perfect, where the announcers are just salivating to give Tom Brady another come from behind victory. And it's just, why do we do this to ourselves every single time? Why? Why? I understand the frustration. But I'm trying to look at it through from another perspective, and and I you're, hear you're here to talk me down off of jumping off a ledge, Clayton. You know? <laughs> well, I want to say this because <laughs> I I cannot stand his personality. I cannot stand how brash he is. I I'm from I'm from the South where we and say man, yes. Ryan sir, hosts yes. the podcasts, right? He's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, we we <laughs> say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am down here, and I'm a firm believer in you. You don't speak unless spoken to. And if you say something rude, it's not going to be, ha-ha, that was funny. You're losing a tooth or two. That's just the way it is down here. Yeah. I'm just being honest. Um, we There's not a lot of talking, and there's a lot of overreacting. I'll just put it that way. But uh, what I wanted to say, though, was Michael Lombardi. He's one of those guys that's mouthy. But what he all, every week when I listen to his podcast, when they're recapping the game, Jacob, he always has a coach to bash where he says, you've got to understand right there, the your opponent is the clock. Your opponent now becomes the clock. When you go up by more than when you go up by two scores in the second half, your opponent is now the clock. Now it doesn't play into the the narrative completely because what you're saying is why were we not running the ball, which would obviously play into what Michael Lombardi's saying. But at the same yeah. time, it's like it, it the the no gas or all gas no brakes approach is totally diametrically opposed to what. Michael Lombardi talks about right and Alex, Michael Lombardi was it, people hear Michael Lombardi and some people will say oh he rode Bill Belichick's uh, uh you know coattail bull crap he he literally was the right hand man for Bill Walsh he was the right hand man for Al Davis and a lot of people like to see the old Al Davis when he lost his freaking mind but Al Davis was the commissioner of the AFL he bought a team and he was the coach as well this guy knew more football than, than, you know, you and I combined will ever know, right? You're talking Michael Al Davis Lombardi before was, he just drafted speed. What's that? Al but Davis yeah, before yeah, he literally just drafted yeah. speed. The thing that Al Davis didn't do was he didn't adapt to the changing of the game. You right, know, right, when right, he right. won those Super Bowls, he was still big on speed. He was big yeah. on Kenny Stabler, size and speed. Yeah. I want yeah. the better athletes. And as, as we got into the 80s, the 80s become very schematic. That's why Bill Walsh really went to the next level because right. this West Coast offense, which really should have been called the Midwest offense, but we'll, that's a topic for another show. Started in Cincinnati, but, uh, am I not correct? What's that? Cincinnati was the actual yeah. start of the he West was, Coast. He was I've been doing my homework, Clayton. Hey, dude, I love it. I love it. I'm a nerd. We're, we're about to wrap the show up, but we're going to talk about this real quick because I'm geeked out right now. Bill yeah. Walsh was the offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. And when he was the offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, they lost their starting quarterback who had a strong arm and their backup had a very weak arm, but he was very accurate. So they had to adjust their their scheme to do a, a short passing game. And lo and behold, the West Coast offense was formed. That's how he got the job in San Francisco. It doesn't become famous till he becomes a head coach in San Francisco. So they think it's the West Coast offense. It was created in the West Coast. It was actually created in Cincinnati in lieu of just a, a huge inconvenience of losing their starting quarterback. Pretty cool story. So, um, But, again, the thing that, that capped it off at the end of the game today, we get ready to wrap this big bear up, Devondre Campbell with that break, that, that pass breakup at the very end, man. Um, I, I just remember thinking of all the people to get his hands on that Tom Brady pass to end the game there at that two-point conversion attempt. For it to be the captain, Devondre Campbell, the guy who was completely rolled off, the guy who nobody wanted, and he said, you know what? He reached out to Matt LaFleur and said, I want to play for you because he, he, you know, Matt LaFleur was an assistant coach in Atlanta when Devondre Campbell was there buried on the depth chart, and he loved Matt LaFleur. And, you know, as much as people like to look at – not you, Jacob, people in general. Michael Lombardi absolutely hates Matt LaFleur, and I just don't understand it. But they, the way that they look at Matt LaFleur, like he, there's so much stuff that he brings to the table. The fact that Devondre Campbell seen something in that young coach and said, I don't care, wherever you go, that's where I want to go, and that's how he ends up in Green Bay. And lo and behold, he becomes the second highest graded inside linebacker. There's something more than just talent that comes into play, and it's when you feel like someone takes a chance on you. This is outside of football. This is in life in general, man. Kismet. When when people people show 
that they actually freaking care about somebody and they're willing to go, you know what, I'm going to put my business, I'm going to put my team, I'm going to put my reputation on the line for you. It makes them want to raise their level of success, you know, to just a, a whole nother level. And, and that's exactly what Devondre Campbell did. And the fact that he got that breakup today, man, I'm telling you, I was grinning like a possum in a dumpster. I was like, that's what I'm freaking talking about. Love the fact that it was Devondre like Campbell. like a possum in a dumpster. Yeah, man, and not to be too corny or nothing, just to uh, to end this all real quick. I mean, that's kind of what we have here at the Packernet Fantasy Podcast and at the Packernet Podcast Network, man. I mean, it's just a bunch of guys that love what they do, and the fact that um, it all came together and it's coming together as it is, dude. It's just I feel like I'm just blessed. I'm so excited to hang out with you, and uh, we get to talk to guys like Coach and and to Ryan and. We get insights from a lot of different people, and we get to, to bounce ideas off each other, and it's just fun, man. And we're sitting here watching football, getting to talk about football for a living and for a hobby, and it's just – yeah. what more could you ask for? You know what I mean? Like, Bro, football season is the greatest time of the year, and and the reason I think I think it is – you know, people ask me before, they, you know, people who aren't football fans, people I've done business with, they're like, man, why, why do you invest so much time and money in, into football? And for me personally – it's there is nothing cooler than going into a stadium of, you know, anywhere from 60 to 100, 100,000 people who are so excited about the same thing. Mm-hmm. And and it's really cool when you can gain that common ground and respect each other as, you know, competitors as far as fans go and yeah. just appreciate the fact that we're all there to enjoy this sport that we love so much. And, and this sport was – it was born out of – essentially war soldiers coming home from war completely shell-shocked from world war one and and not knowing what they wanted to do with their life so they piggybacked off this popular thing that was called college football and they said hey what if we got some equipment together and we went out to the sandlot i wonder if people would watch us play and just pass the hat and pay us a little bit of money we could still work the coal mines we can still work you know the the meat packing company but we can make a little money on the side and then boom, look at what it's turned into. And like you said, here we are, you from Wisconsin, me growing up in Kentucky, living in Tennessee, you got goose up in Canada. You, I mean, people spread out all over the freaking country and this great sport of football brings us all together. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I personally, I don't mean to be over overly spiritual, but I think it's a God thing. I really do. I think that there's things put in your path and people put in your path at the specific time to go, hey, look, knucklehead, it ain't just about you. Um, why don't we go out there and make a little bit of a difference and, uh, and and have some fun along the way? I really feel like that's what it comes down to. Yes, sir. Yeah, kismet, man, like what I said, kismet. That's all. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a plan. And if uh, if you think you know better than, than the almighty, then you don't know much. <laughs> but, yeah. All right, exactly guys. It was, right. it was a pleasure to be with you, Clayton. Yeah, you too, buddy. We really appreciate your time, man. And uh, appreciate everybody that took the time to listen to this on podcast. I'm sure you're grinding away here on uh, on Monday morning checking checking this podcast out. And and we uh, we appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us for sure. So uh, we're going to sign off there. Like I said, a huge, huge win. Packers come away 14-12 to 12 against the Buccaneers. It's one we had chalked up a, to a loss. So now I feel like mm-hmm. we're flirting with that 13-14 to 14 win column. Yeah, so buddy. it's uh, – going to be a great year um next week we come back i believe correct me if i'm wrong jacob it's the patriots is that right the pats yes sir the pats. that's going to be awesome going and up it sounds England. like matt jones might be hurt maybe not playing in that game Ooh, well i know what we're talking about on tuesday so yes, uh, there you go we'll keep an eye on those injury reports and see if we can come away if we could somehow get a dub up in new england man because they're not a bad team i don't subscribe yeah. to that they're not a bad team Yo, they're not the here, three and one. if we come out of this block three and one Hundred yep. percent success. Hundred percent, absolutely, and that's the goal. That's what Matt Lafleur talked about a couple of years ago. You break the season down into quarters, and the goal is to go three and one each quarter. You do that, you're going to be the number one seed or right there flirting with it. So, uh, yeah, we'll have you a chalk talk segment set up too, guys. I, I finally, my cheap butt finally broke down and got a brand new device and this new <laughs> operating system on this new Samsung. Man, the all twenty two is working flawlessly. So we're a chalk talk segment's going to go up a notch, man. I'm looking forward to it. So we'll either do that on Tuesday or we're going to do it on Thursday. I'll let you know, Jacob, so you can be a part of it too, but we'll figure it out. Um, But, yeah, with that being said, guys, we're going to get out of here again. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Y'all have a great Monday. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world, and go Pack Go. 
inches to go. The Vader. 17 to 14. Cowboys out in front. Star begins the count. Takes the snap. Collins on the return inside the 10, leaps for the touchdown!